You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey everyone, welcome to That's Awesome with Joe, and I am Joe. Thank you for listening, I appreciate your uh, your ears. Uh, you would not believe, I just recorded an intro, what I'm doing right now, to this podcast that was really, really good. I've already tried like two times, because as it, it is uncomfortable talking into a microphone to no one, which I said earlier, but... I just recorded the whole thing through my computer mic instead of the microphone right in front of my face because I had I didn't have my recording equipment on. So that's great. Um, so off to a good start with this already. <laughs> that's all right, though. We're going to keep moving. I'll try to get through what I said a little quicker this time anyway. Hopefully this one will be better. So yeah, uh, the podcast. Yeah, I've wanted to start one for a while. And... I wanted that. I, I I felt like it would just kind of be fun to have an excuse to really just talk to my friends for like an hour and a half and be able to actually sit down and have a structured conversation. Um, I thought that would be fun, and I thought it could be interesting to put it out publicly and see if it's valuable to anyone else. So that's what this is an attempt at. Uh, we're in a weird time right now with the whole coronavirus thing, right? So I've been. Uh, this whole past few weeks actually has been insane, not only in just that regard, but for me personally. I was um, in March uh, on tour in Europe with Papa Roach, Hollywood Undead, and we were playing all the hot spots, um, Italy, Germany, France, all those places, right, that it was kind of popping up in. Uh, but we were always like, a week or two ahead of it, we always seem to be just ahead of when it was like really, really bad. But still, I mean, it was a little nerve wracking. And then the rest of the tour got canceled abruptly. And we flew home the day that uh, President Trump announced his travel ban. We had actually booked our tickets before he announced the travel ban. And it was really vague. I don't think anyone knew what was going on, but I booked my plane home and it was an empty plane. There was no one on it. I, I picked a whole row to myself and that was, I booked it maybe an hour or two before he announced everything. And then the next morning they had overbooked the plane. It was insanity. So people were definitely kind of panicking to get home, but we're lucky we got out at the same the time we did. But anyway, I got home and then immediately drove out to LA. I packed up my shit from my house. Uh, me and my girlfriend Jess jumped in the car and we drove six days straight out to LA. We didn't want to stay anywhere, so we slept in the back of my Subaru every night and we rented a U-Haul trailer. It was actually pretty comfortable. Um, 
But yeah, we rushed out here, moved into the new place, got out here a few days before it, uh, I think March 27th, um, and moved in. Haven't been able to get internet for almost a little over two weeks until yesterday, finally did, after Spectrum sending four different technicians over. So that was a frustrating experience, uh, and it's been difficult being locked up, uh, or quarantined, I shouldn't say locked up, quarantined in a new place um, without internet, right? I've been writing a lot of music, I've been cooking a lot, I've been sitting outside in the backyard, um, giving a lot of lessons on Skype, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been somewhat, it was actually pretty nice at first, um, but then it got kind of frustrating having to watch everything on your phone. We watched all of Tiger King on the phone. Uh, which was kind of a pain, but finally got internet set up. But it is frustrating being out here and, and having all of my friends so close by and not be able to see them, you know. But that's the that's the world we live in now. So what are you gonna do? Only thing we can, right? Stay inside, wash hands, all that fun stuff. So anyway, yeah, it's been an opportunity for me to kind of create this podcast because I have nothing else to do. So I planned everything out without internet and finally have internet and I was able to sit down and talk to Donovan uh, through Skype today and record the conversation for this podcast. So that was great. Took a little bit of a uh, little growing pains and everything, setting everything up, but I feel like we're there now and hopefully... It sounds okay, and it's entertaining, as I think it is. No, it's, it's always hard to tell, because everyone has that moment where they're like, man, they should just make, you know, it's a stupid line, they should just make a reality show about me and my friends, like, hanging out. Everyone says that, right? So it's, it really is hard to tell if what you're doing and kind of talking to someone is going to be entertaining or not. Because you think it's entertaining because you're engaged in the conversation, but someone else listening, it might just sound like babbling. Probably does. But at least this type of babbling is from someone that you might be interested in, like Donovan, right? If you're a Hail the Sun fan, he, or any of his band's fan, he tells some fantastic stories, um, and he gives some really great insight into what it's like being an agent, too, especially during this time, right? So yeah, um, always great to connect with him. Um, I wanted to start this podcast now because right now is a time where a lot of my colleagues, my friends, and coworkers, including myself, are out of work. Uh, as musicians, we may we rely on touring a lot to make money. Um, and I know a lot of people in the country are out of work, and I know a lot. I, I know a lot of them personally. So I'm not saying I'm not. It's not a woe is me thing or whatever. But I wanted to create an outlet like this. I'm putting up a link that you'll be able to donate to if you do want to help out. Now, this link, that the way this is going to work, and I'll be very transparent with it, I want to have four guests on every week. Sorry, every month. Four guests on. At the end of every month, I'll take all the money in that fund and empty it out and split it evenly between the four guests I have and myself. And, you know, any tiny little bit is helpful. But please remember, there are tons of organizations out there that have great causes that you should donate to as well. We should be fairly low on your list. But if you are still working and you do have extra money around and you want to throw it our way, we will handle it responsibly. We're not looking to make money off of this. This is just to keep a standard of living. If for some reason we make a shitload of money on this thing, 
we will donate it back to some other charity. Maybe um, like Music Cares or something is a great organization that helps out not just right now, um, but all the time with musicians that are in need of financial help for some reason, right? We live a weird lifestyle, so things are not always certain in, in the music industry. Things can change very quickly. Um, so there are some organizations already out there that can help right now. It's kind of hard to use them, I'll be honest, because there are so many people using them that they just can't process the applications. So I know I have applied for some relief as well from it, and it's been about, it's been not, not that I'm saying they're doing a bad job or anything, because it's just volume, um, but it's been a little over three weeks since I've heard anything from them. So hopefully this is a way that I can give directly back to people uh, and let them do whatever they want with the money too, right? Like, they may end up donating it too. We'll see. But hopefully you find this entertaining, even if you don't pay, if you don't donate. I want this to be free for everyone and entertaining and because it's just as fun for me as it is, hopefully, for you to listen. But yeah, um, so I have some great guests coming up over the course of the next couple months that I've already planned up. Um, but I'm really, really pumped that we got to start with Donnie. He's an old friend of mine. Uh, we met, he actually hated me when we first met, uh, because I was kind of weaseling my way onto one of his tours. Um, the, when we met when my old band Venetia Fair, um, toured with his band Siamvar, a lot like birds in Stolas, which is where I also met some of the guys that I now play in, um, Nova Charisma with, which we also get into. Um, so there's a whole lot in there. Donnie has a very deep uh, musical history, uh, a very, very interesting person, and, and just a hilarious dude. So uh, I'm really pumped that he was our first guest. So I'm going to kick it over to Donnie. Um, share the podcast if you can. Uh, I will set up other social media accounts for it. I'm horrible with that shit, so I may even have someone else manage it. But yeah, I'll throw the link up, share the podcast, follow the Instagram and I hope you enjoy. Let's kick it over to Donnie. Angelina, you're a mess. You're beginning to address the wounds. The scars that you have covered up so far. But don't you think I know? We're melting like pouring boiling water on the snow. Your internet is so terrible. Very good. Is it? Hold on, I can change. I want to. No, no, no. It's good. I can okay. hear you and see you. It's more. <laughs> don't, it's more. I feel like I'm gonna lag on your end. It's okay. <laughs> no, okay. Sorry, my thing was catching up. Oh god. Now, now it's working again. I know, dude. Okay. It, you know what's so fucked up is the router is right by my desk, and yet the one from the kitchen is the one I'm connected to that works the best. Wait, so the one right next to you doesn't it work as well? No, that's the one that if I'm on live stream or something, it doesn't work as well. I think it's just a really, really bad router. Hmm. What else could it be? I don't know. You're the Apple I'm not dude. used to even having internet because I just got it today. Is your router <laughs> so. nice? Dude, your apartment's nice. Like I can just look at looking around, it looks fucking nice. Thanks. I just got it. I can see outside too, <laughs> and the outside looks nice. The view from upstairs is amazing. Uh, is that where you are? No, I'm on the um so the studio is on like the first floor but where I'm above the garage. So you have to go upstairs to get to like the main floor. 
and then our bedroom is on the floor above it. Do you and Jess like your bedroom? Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> Do you guys have your own sides of the bed? Yeah. What happens if one of you lays in the other person's side? It depends on the time of day or night or the mood. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it can be pretty good. I couldn't sleep when I was, uh, um, what, four, no, six years ago, and I was dating someone that I was always over at their house in Culver City. Mm -hmm. And she lived with John, actually. Um, I cannot sleep if I wasn't on my side of the bed. Oh, I'm the same way. And I also need, like, some space. You know, I don't want anyone encroaching on my side either. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you can snip that out, right? Yeah, but we're, I should leave this part in. We're <laughs> yeah. us talking about we cut Just something don't out. Don't put in the boop, boop. Right, right. No, I'll cut it out so <laughs> no one really knows the context either, just in case, you know? <laughs> Funny. People are going to think you said some really horrible shit right, right now. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking you know, sleep. man. You, you must <laughs> really trust me because I can just ruin you at any moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding it's all it's all good it's all really yeah you've never done anything bad never oh man if you could <laughs> see the face right now <laughs> yeah i got you yeah everything's been great no one's ever done anything bad or said anything bad we're or all said anything bad just charming we're just charming nice boys charming, we're charming so there. how how are you though how are things How's being locked up? Okay, you know what? I I like it. What do you mean you like it? I kind of like this. I'm used to it now. Here's okay, wait, wait, wait. When you say you like it, do you mean you're kind of like embracing the good things about it? Or like you, oh, mean like okay. you could yeah, always I should... live like this? No, no, no. Okay. Let me – I'm embracing the good things about it. And, and, and okay. to be clear, I don't like what's going on. That that sucks. No, no, I know that. Right. I just mean the living situation. Um. And what I mean is I'm, I realized for the last four years, I have always, okay, you've been, um, you've worked in, in you work, you've worked in the music industry as well mm -hmm. on the opposite side mm -hmm. where you're not just performing. And there's this constant under, um, like, wait, what's the expression? I can't fucking think of it. Under the ball? No. Right? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Under the ball. What does it mean? This constant, exp uh, this constant feeling of needing to be ahead and like not falling behind with tours with artists. Ahead of the curve. No, let's just pre forget the ball expression. We can cut that out entirely. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. Out. <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> ahead of the curve. What I mean is, there's always this looming. Like there's always things to do, and I, ha I guess you got to be ahead. You can't fall. Right. Um, behind uh right give some more context here because i know what you're talking about but like even when won't. even when you're 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 booked out with artists and events that you're working on um mm -hmm. five to six months in advance that th then you there's still more because that's going to come right. up very quickly and if right. you don't continue to to get game planned you know you think of it and this is how we organize our work as you know every artist uh, that I'm working with has their own spreadsheet and it has the year in it 
And so mm-hmm. their June through August might be taken, and that's great. But in February, but I'm now thinking pretty soon it's going to be May, and if there's nothing on the books by November December, we're behind the ball. That's right. it. That's yeah. the expression. And I also behind remember. Behind the ball, there it yeah, is. <laughs> that's it. I also remember, and you, you've gotten more, I mean, you stuck with the job that I wasn't that great at, but when hey, you, uh, yeah, well, thank you, but no, um, I always found that the bigger the acts were, the further out that you had to book them in advance, because yeah. the further behind you could fall. Yeah, and, and um, <laughs> in saying all this, I don't want it to sound like I was... I'm, I'm like struggling to get that done, but there's right. that motivation because every day it's like, okay. Let's make sure. Right. Cause now it's, everything's getting pushed back. Exactly. And, and I, I don't, I didn't have a problem keeping up. Um, in fact, I feel like that was one of my strengths and why I continue to do it. And, and, uh, it, it progresses all right. that being said of what I just said, there's a feeling I began to just live with. And that it was that feeling every day. It was right. like, okay. It's like, it's, you're, it is much easier to get into a routine. Yeah, and, and you're a salesman. Like, you, that's what we are, dude. We're selling stuff that we believe in, of course, but we're selling and we're trying to sell far into and in, as far as we can into the future. We're providing, we're getting work for these people. Right. Because if you don't take the spot, some other agent and some other band will. Yeah. And so it's almost like a race between everyone. Yeah, it, 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 is, it definitely feels like a big race in making sure that you're staying on top for the benefit of the artist. And, and that's right. what I've continued to do. But it, had, it came with that. It comes with that feeling of, of it, it, it's a good feeling. It, it, it motivates, but it's like, a, it's, it's like a monkey on my back. It's constantly, that's making sure that I'm staying ears to the ground. Now, right now, it's kind of hard to do that because no one knows what's happening. And a lot right. of artists I'm working with, either we've already moved their tours into like November and they don't have plans yet to do to do touring after that and this that feeling of constant pressure has sort of lifted for the last month i'm no longer i i I, it took me living without it to realize even that i was living with it yeah like oh gotta be quick to have my finger on the pulse and and, and i'm not saying i'm I'm not gonna get it's gonna hit hard when everything kind of resumes right yeah and i'm looking forward to it now because my brain feels refreshed i feel now i want it but it was nice to get a little break from that like everyone's level again everyone feels like they're at a level playing field hmm well that's good but don't you want to like play shows and stuff so that's what I just responded to is more on the the working office type of how I'm doing. As far as missing sure. playing, I want to play them so badly. I haven't gone this long without <laughs> playing it's with Hail the Sun since 2014. Right. Was a lot- When's the last show you played? With Hail, was, uh, it was our last state of our headline tour, October... 13th in fresno whoa that was a long time ago yeah and i and um i can't disclose exactly when you know the next tour is even though we know but we're hoping it plays out and by that point it's going to be yeah because we had swan fest this month we're supposed to and then right. we had our our 10-year show last month that would have kind of broken up the the long abstinence of shows but yeah we didn't Play those so i'm craving it dude are At the least- most recent shows 
been the have they been the Nova shows? Yeah, that's the last time I played, and I guess that was in London in January. Yeah, yeah. Where, like I wow, even that's a long time. I know it feels it. It'll be coming up on three months, but it's been so yeah. long since we've gone to perform. It's gonna. I think it's just gonna make it. It's gonna feel really good when we do. Hopefully this year i know you and sergio have i'm actually i think i've i've changed my my view on it a little bit i'm feeling a little more optimistic about when we'll be able to tour again are you seeing the stuff and like in the press and the- a, a little bit i'm i'm seeing some of it but i'm also just like i went out today for the first time just to go pick up food with jess and like there was nobody out there's no one out and and if they were out you're they were wearing like masks yeah. and stuff. In fact, I felt like an idiot. But I, I wasn't even getting out of the car, but for not wearing a mask because I thought people would like look into my car and be like, "Who's this asshole?" Yeah, yeah. Not wearing a mask out right now. Yeah, I've got you know? my I've got my mask for when I do go out. I haven't left, so I've had no reason to get one. But I I'm waiting on one that's coming for me soon. Did you see Thursday released? The mask they sold out in like nine minutes well, or some shit. So did Ice Nine. Oh, you all did. They're all gone. Yeah. How many? I don't. I have no idea. It was. It's. It's for um, charity. Yo. It goes to like Music Cares slash like oh, the crew, I love the that. Ice Nine crew and stuff. Yeah. It so will, that plus a T-shirt. I'll be if you want me to be an honorary um, member for charity. Uh, I could use a Doug Malero Foundation. Could use one. <laughs> One mask. The Malero group. <laughs> well, hopefully this podcast does something for everyone. Cause, Dude, yeah, what a know, great idea. Thanks for... We're all out of work. I mean, even on the agency side for you, you're yeah. getting paid right now because oh. no tours are playing out. No tours are happening. And a lot of our, our colleagues uh, that you and I, that you used to work with Joe and that I, I still do business with are, are like in a very unsure space. Yeah, major agency jobs, which is crazy because you you yeah. built your career so long and you continue to get to up everything, and then it but just everything has to just stop. stops. All money passing just over. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. and like abruptly too. Like we flew home in the middle of the tour. Yeah. yeah, I wonder how these like touring insurance companies are handling oh, this kind of stuff. I I bet. And I say this without any fact, but I would imagine like any insurance company, they're looking for any and all ways to deny claims at this. I know. They must have too many. It's insane. I, I got denied a claim for, um, what was it? Uh, I had to cancel a flight and I did it right before I was going to be, I was going to go visit Poland and I did it right. right before they actually closed travel. And, um, uh, but yeah, be- we like flew back like within days of each other. Yeah, we yeah. From London. Yep. And before they canceled, uh, it was right after I canceled the flight, they closed European travel. And my credit card company that I tried to get the uh, insurance claim from was like, sorry, you don't have a case because of this. Which who's I mean, the, in- who's the company? Let's drag them through the mud. I love publicly. them though. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good to me. Otherwise. Dude, you're such a good dude. <laughs> Like that was like a genuine smile of appreciation I, for the company that didn't return your money. I get so well. They had they, they had a case. <laughs> <laughs> I get so many cool perks and and the points to them, so I love them. Uh, I think I know who it is, but they did. Piss no, me I off don't recently. actually. They pissed me off because when we were in Portland recording, 
for this album, we rented a car for about 35 days. I returned the car, and upon returning it, the girl's like, oh, there's a little bit of a dent and a scratch here. And I was like, I never knew that was there, but not to worry. I called my credit card company beforehand, and they cover rental car shit. And I was like, I'll submit a claim if this if the company tries to get me. So they did. It was thrifty. They hit me up and they're like, hey, we, we fixed the dent. Oh, that's how they – when they called me, I was like, who is this? And they're like, oh, it's so-and-so from thrifty. I just want to let you know that we, we ended up fixing the dent on the car, so, so no need to worry about that. Like I was fucking worried about – <laughs> on the, I didn't care. I didn't even know. I didn't expect them to call me. I should, right. I, if I was thinking quicker, I would have been like, "Oh my god, oh fuck." Yeah, you should. Gosh, have. I've been trying to get a hold of you guys. Oh my <laughs> god, it's such a relief. <laughs> and so they're like, "But um, it, it did come to be nine hundred dollars." So we want to know. Holy I, I shit! Try to slide it in, like so. We just want to figure out um how you want to pay for this. You know, we have payment plans. And I said, "I'm not going to pay for this." And they said, "Oh, well." You know, you are liable for it. And I was like, I'm not paying for this. I just said that twice. And they're like, okay, well, what we can do is send you to um, collections or whatever. And I'm like, you tell me who I need to talk to so I can tell them I'm not going to pay for it. And, and yeah. like, I got a little bit snooty. Uh, oh, man, I would have loved to see that. I feel like I never have seen you that way. Well, then I was like, my... You're always usually embarrassed of the of me at, at, <laughs> at places where we need to talk to people. I just kept saying, I mean, I told them I wasn't going to pay for it, what, three times. And then they said, um, well, you didn't have, you never bought the insurance. And I was like, but my credit card is going to, is going to, is going to cover it. Like, that's why I didn't need the insurance. And they're like, okay, we'll just put us in touch with them. So then I filed the claim with the credit card company and they ended up hitting me back saying, since it had been 30 days since I had rented the car, they were no longer the. I, I wasn't eligible, so I. Damn. I'm fighting that currently. I'm telling them they can't claim that that dent was made. That that dent could have been made that morning. Right. Not thirty days before. Damn. So if they don't help me, then we'll drag. Then we'll. You can come back on. We'll drag them. Dude, I wonder if there's any opportunity in podcasts to sell like, just ads where people just take it out on other companies <laughs> probably like don't shop at oh like buy negative ad space yeah and you're not promoting another company in competition with it either you just really don't want so the like, company to succeed yeah that'd be really <laughs> yeah. it'd be really mean but <laughs> that's malicious but and it'd be mean for me to even make that available or maybe even think of it <laughs> i think you should I'll buy ad oh. space for um, American Airlines. Oh, wow. Space for American Airlines. I think I just bought stock in American Airlines. Ooh. Uh-oh. Delta, Delta. <laughs> yeah, Delta. <laughs> um, Donnie has a uh, fascination with Do you remember Delta Airlines. American pissed us off on our flight to London. I was so mad. They, char they charged us up the... Oh, yeah. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They didn't actually do anything like wrong. Delta just hooked it up for us. Delta hooked it up, yes, because of how much I grow through them. But but I had double checked. Their online shit is misleading. It said you get a free carry on. I mean, a free check bag or some shit. And we ended up not getting free check bags right well it was because all of our stuff was oversized really 
It had something to do with the size of the bags, too. I feel like there was... I don't remember, dude. But yes, you were right. Like, Delta hooked it up, and American Airlines could have done something, and they didn't. They didn't. And I guess they're just following policy, but it's still... Right. The way that... It's okay. Look, at you're trying, now you feel bad. Now it's not their bad. fault. I feel a little bad. <laughs> I'm trying to back that yeah. up. Well, I guess no, you guys should every now and then like fly America. Every now and just... then, I guess. But Spirit! Let me <laughs> Spirit! They suck, dude. They suck so bad. Have you flown Spirit? No, but I've heard They really are so things. fucking bad. And they know they're bad, but that's okay. They deal with it. <laughs> that's like their thing, right? Dude, they're just yeah, like, they, they, yeah, they if you can't get anything else, like, come hang out on our plane. It's, it's like, shitty. We're, we're the bargain <laughs> plane. Like, you'll fly us again if you need to. That's okay. Right. Yeah. And they're not fucking They lying. just fly just to, like, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Florida and Houston, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Ooh. Well, look. That was a lot about like booking stuff. That's a lot of like insight that people I feel like don't get to hear. Which is like, right? uh, yeah, I, uh, perhaps it's like our normal. Maybe. I know. Well, that's what I wanted to do here is like kind of have a normal conversation. And it's kind of why, why I wanted to just have you as my guest is because you are like probably one of the more dynamic and interesting people I know. And just how many things that you're like doing and how good you are at them, you know? Very kind. And I feel like that's a lot to manage because you're, let's, let's kind of go back through your, your musical history a little bit. Like what overlapped with what, what bands were you in at what times, all that kind of stuff, you know? And walk me through it. Like, how did you end up, like, how did Hail the, Hail the Sun is like, it's not, is it like the first band you've been in? Oh, like first real band. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I was in bands before that for sure, you know. But what, like the bands that you were in before, were you guys like playing shows regularly? Any did do do any like small tours or anything? No small tours, but we played regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Hail the Sun. Hail the Sun came, and that was uh, that came from uh, the ashes of a death metal band that Eric and I were in. And we were like, I was the grindcore drummer. Like, I mean, I still like, really I still love grindcore. Yeah, and I know. Do you have recordings? Yeah. Really? Yeah, dude. Oh, you have to send it to me. What was it called? Um, it went through three different names. It was called at first, uh, Fatal Obsession. So whack. And then Whoa. the Perfect Farewell. And then Aura Complex. And I liked Aura Complex. That was Aura Complex that. sounds like a really technical band. It was. It was like grind. It was like our inspirations were like uh, Faceless, Between the Buried and Me. Um, oh my! Did you like headbang and stuff? Did you get evil? No. Did you make angry face ever? No, I was like the nerdy, the nerdy kid metal drummer. You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? There are those. Yeah. They're not. I yep. was not a metalhead, but I I was a nerdy kid that could play fast beats and. Was like okay. I feel like I, I feel like I'm much tighter at grindcore now than I ever was in that band. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. that broke up in high school. I mean, at the end of high school, and Eric and I went on to do um, to start writing for Hail the Sun, and then we mm-hmm. met John and Shane, and um, we were all in Shane's apartment in 2009, and we've been playing local shows, and. I think I was, I think it was, I think I said we should just tour. We've been talking about it. 
but lots of bands do. And what bugged me is a lot of my, I, I remember I was, I was at a house party one time and some dude, I started talking to some drunk guy about, uh, touring and music. And he was like, yeah, dude, I'm going, this happens. That's happened several times. Yeah, dude, we're going to do this tour in the spring. I can't wait. And I was like, no way. And I started asking him curious questions. Like, how'd you guys book it? Where are you guys going? And he was like, Oh, well, I mean, we're just planning it still. Like we plan to do a tour. Like it's not booked or nothing yet. It's just like, that's our plan. And I thought that was the dumbest thing that he could, that I, I was, that's was just saying you want to tour. Yeah. To me, he said it to get my re to get a reaction that, yeah. and, and I, and so I remember then I had been saying the same thing, not trying to It's fish. also interesting, like 2009, that's, that's when my old band, Venetia Fair started touring too. And it was like, wow, there's, there's way more, there were way less bands like touring Yeah, back then. I felt like, like yeah. small bands, like playing like tiny places. Dude, you're and stuff. absolutely right. It was like people who were, who could get ahead of the curve, who had yeah. that, who had the extra who would go the extra mile to torch because you had to, you know, right. And right. this is my space booking days. And right. That's how we were doing it too. Looking up. Um, what was it? Show In trades and stuff. Was it Indy, Indy on the move? On the move .com. Yeah. Dude. Yep. I was a part of an up and coming, a developing company that we, we never went um, anywhere big with you it. You told me about this. I'd probably hit you up with it. It was called, um, it was me and two other people from college, Josh Haig and, and Matthew Wiener. And when it was called, gigindy.com we were doing the same thing Sounds as indie on the move but more detailed with like way more reviews of the right, thing and we, indie we, on the move wasn't really super helpful no and, and we wanted to do something like that and we worked on it for months we were inputting so many i asked all my friends if they could do it just i think get, i did get give database. you contacts for it like dude you probably back. did yeah we we were trying to build this database and it was a cool effort. And I think we even had the name registered. I mean, it was already, a web we made a website, gigindy.com. Uh, but anyway, Josh Haig, my homie, he led that one up. But to tour, you had to go the extra mile. And yeah. the guy at the I mean, like looking at bands, there there weren't like bands from my area. And there, I mean, there were a ton of bands from my area, but not a ton that were touring. Like mm -hmm. never were like low. It was always cool when a band would start touring. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like they were way bigger, and they just got bigger locally because of that. Exactly, you know? and and it, and you could see. I feel like that's the way. Also, that um, agents, managers, labels would actually take the band a little more seriously. They were right, so, yeah, uh, to get out and, and spread their music themselves. So here, but now it's like there's like a, even like as late or as early as like 2014, 2015. I remember being on tour and just like playing shows with like five other bands that are also on tour yeah that happen to be at the same show or whatever you know there's a lot Crazy. of oversaturation with the internet yeah but that for sure at that party inspired me to actually do it because i'm like man i don't, I don't ever want to sound like like have this only be something in my head that i like i should do oh, that i hope that, that guy hears this story <laughs> He's like, know. oh, like, me being like a fucking idiot and lying about my band. Like, <laughs> I'm the reason Hail the Sun started. <laughs> we were we were in Shane's room and we were like, and I remember saying, let's just do it. We were all like, yeah, wait, yeah, why not? And I was like, let's just do it right right now. Pull up Google, search Bakersfield venues. Let's get going right now and we did we started mm -hmm. emailing the stupidest emails the shittiest written emails yeah. i'm sure oh my god you should see uh, I, have, I have a funny can i tell a funny aside real quick yeah yeah 
Um, in 2010, I reached out to who is now Hale, actually Hale Sun's current agent. I reached out to him uh, in 2010 when he was booking, um, like, I think he did like Mozart season tour or something and uh, um, some other bands that were like seemed to be buzzing at the time. And I literally wrote one of those emails that you and I have gotten many times. And I used the, we are ready to take it to the next level. Oh, sentence. oh my, and I found <laughs> that email, dude. And I sent it to him. Now, and we had a good oh, laugh about it. I'm like, dude, who would have thought so good. 10 years ago yeah. I actually wrote this you email to you? Just a PSA for bands listening. Like, don't don't lie about like what you've done and what you're – everyone wants to do that. And right? it's also it, – <laughs> It's right, kind of just like nonsense. I respect the, the hustle, but that line is so incredibly meaningless and overused. Yeah, everyone's right. Everyone's ready right. to take it to the next level. Like, it, it's, it's right. cringe. Yeah, or everyone point. thinks they're ready. Like, it's, you have and, to prove and dude, it. We weren't. That's the thing. You guys seen right, the but that's affair? why you ended up being ready is because you weren't ready. You tried to do it. You yeah. learned, and then you got road worn. Exactly. We just kept doing it until until it started to make sense. Um, and so, anyway, Ryan, uh, that's our current dude. He he was laughing about that, and I never thought I, I was. I went looking for that email too because I'm. I'm pretty sure I emailed you eight years ago. And I really want to find that email because I never got a response. You know what's even funnier about that is he's he's like younger than us, isn't he? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So he was probably like what seventeen or eighteen. Yeah, dude. He got started at EVR way young. Yeah, that he's dude got a kills cool story. it. Uh, so yeah, we just started booking. That's how I got into. That's how Hamilton became more serious. We started just do. We just did it. We just yeah. So how long um, was the first tour, and how long did it take you to book, and how and how was it? The first, <laughs> the first tour <laughs> took maybe a month or and a half to book, and I didn't realize that it, it, that taught me how you had to follow up. That was like my first lesson in yeah. following up, following up, following up, uh, and it, and it was like two weeks maybe, just in California, and um, the hometown shows were pretty good, but everywhere else were just darts shot at. at yeah, at, that was like mine too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it was. Like. Oh, dude, mine was for my my first band that I toured with. It was called Astronomer, and it was like the same exact thing. Like two weeks, we went down. Like the furthest south we went, I think, was North Carolina, and back up the East Coast, and we toured in like a SUV and trailer. That's what we. And did. like, yeah, yeah, and the shows were there were some of them that were cool because we were playing like the like stoner metal scene. Yeah. Like playing like a lot of basements and like art spaces and stuff. And some of the shows were cool, but there were some that were like, oh my God, it's like, why did we even show up? Oh, and, yeah. and it's weird saying that and being on like your first tour and like pumped, but when you're playing to three people <laughs> in a snowstorm, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just sucks. And we, we had many of those. Our first tour was actually mostly those shows. We hadn't broken yet even into the, the art space or basement scene. We were not cool enough. We probably looked like fucking dorks we were doing debunked bars and at the time i would even tell the promoter and i would think honestly i'd be he'd be like um how many people do you think you'll will come out to see you and in my head i was like we could probably bring 40 people like that makes sense to me why i thought that i don't right, fucking I know. know dude why but did I you know every single band goes through that point like i have to catch myself i, I mean in being in venetia fair and stuff i always had to catch myself about like how much i on because i'll play one good show and yeah. like you know like 
Detroit where like there was 150 people. Yeah. And then for some reason, the next time we go to Detroit, I was just like, yeah, we can bring 150 people. I was like, yeah, well, probably not. You know? Yeah. Probably not. So many variables. And, and I just, that's what also how I learned not to, uh, I didn't realize I was, I didn't, even, I didn't mean to do it, but I was, um, yeah, it's not like malicious. I mean, some, I, there are stories of some bands lying about hey, that. Lie, shit. That's like, that's a, the biggest red flag. I will not, pay attention to that shit but yeah yeah the tour was was pretty pretty uh desolate but it taught us how to do it we did in three vehicles at one point dude eric's truck shane's mazda and john's corolla how much money did you lose uh so that was those days where we would each before a tour started save up like four to five hundred bucks fully prepared to lose it uh yeah and we did. So we each lost about four to five hundred dollars plus plus yeah. food. And we also, but it taught me. I, even back then, I have old. I, I keep everything, and I have old um, notebooks full of where I still logged everything. Why I would, I don't think I ever even look back on those numbers. But it it still it's just innate in me, dude. I cannot not organize hmm. expenses numbers. It just I, I it's so I just can't not yeah. do it. So we have uh, Venetia Ferris files and like lots of information on that stuff because Chuck did it, and he we we knew like our we knew our average uh, MPGs like for every tour. That's <laughs> like dope, how much. Dude. That's insane. Yeah, depth. we knew that. We knew the average. Like I think we even had it down to like each driver, like who drove the best for the for the van. That's wild. Like, I would. He was such a nerd, dude. So He's such drive. a nerd. He had a thing where he would plug his computer into the van. There was like a little socket thing that you could plug into and it would send the, he had this program where it would send all this information and like showed like how the van's been running. <laughs> like, it, what? With like all these graphs and stuff. It was insane. Right. It was nuts. Nerd. So Hail the Sun's now a band because you guys are touring. Uh, yeah, we were, we felt like a realer band than we were. And we were taking it more seriously for sure, but just still touring in between, uh, like on our college breaks and shit like that. Right. Between. But you guys at least started making a fan base, right? Like in those markets. Yeah, sort of. It was still definitely a learning process and hard to make fans when there were no one at the at the show. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I'd say around the fifth or sixth tour, we actually started seeing people who Return. yeah who were coming back who weren't just super close friends of ours. Right. And. Uh, Right after we released Elephantitis, we actually saw people starting to come to show. And that's Seven kind of when we kind of crossed paths a little bit after. It was it was uh, after Wake. We, we had already No, it Wake. wasn't. Mm -hmm. Really? Oh, we know because we did the Bar tour. And that was yeah. before Wake. Yeah, it was after. Oh, yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of cool. Like you guys were a band that like, I like the trajectory that you guys had because there was never a moment. I feel like there's, there's most band stories are just like something happened and then it popped. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's either that you guys didn't like necessarily pop. It was all like organic growth, which yeah. to me is like more of like a career than it is like, you know, a flash in the pan and then everything dies down Absolutely. or you just haven't popped yet and your bubble will be a lot bigger. Yeah, you know? I, I completely agree. It, it it creates for longevity, and for right. a, for really diehard and dedicated fans who um, we feel like mutually we're a part of e part of each other's lives, 
and I don't mean like we're going over for dinner and shit, but I mean, there's a connection <laughs> that's being made and, and that happens organically over, I feel like a long-term type of, uh, of trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely right. how it's been for us for well, sure. That's, cool. that's what was, it was looking like with Venetia fair and kind of around that same time. I think you guys were always a little ahead of us. And then all of a sudden you guys kept climbing and we started going downhill a little bit. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't <laughs> realize you guys ever were going downhill. I felt like you always had a pretty good. Well, maybe temp. it felt like that, but it does. It definitely wasn't getting better or at least at the rate that it should have. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, but your life was forever changed once we crossed paths. It was, dude. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I fucking love it. It was such a fun, everything's always fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just always in your life now, everything's fun. (laughs) Everything's just fun. Dude, those shows, I remember I told Hale Basang, I knew you from the CN Bar tour. And you did five dates with Hail the Sun on the Blue Swan Record Store. The first one that I had booked was right, that's right. for Wake. And I told all the Hail the Sun guys, at first you're going to hate the Venetia Fair, especially Joe. But <laughs> going by the end, it's only going to take a couple days and you're going to fucking love them. I'm telling you, the same thing happened to me. I thought like, dude, what are we doing with this band right now? Oh my god! But it's so funny. It's to gonna it, it, it's now. gonna be polarizing opposites. Just watch. And then on the last day, Eric was like, dude, I totally understand what you meant <laughs> about the Venetia Fair and about That's Joe. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he was. He uh, Eric was like uh, the the one that warmed up to me the last the latest. I think. So funny, dude. Yeah, that could be. He's the quietest too. You would just say such shocking shit. I'm like, are you? But Shane and Shane and John like like kept up. Yeah, and and that is so much more their mo. At least it was yeah. then, especially Shane. He was like, way, he was way more er- erratic than I know. Than he is I, now. Yeah. And I I loved Shane back then. He was like, I thought he was like the funniest dude. Now I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's the opposite. Now I love him. I actually, I just haven't gotten to hang out with Shane. The last time I actually hung out with Shane is when we were all in Salem and we were all pretending to do parkour and he was just kicking a tree. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love Shane, dude. Shane's fucking hilarious. But you would say things that I like, uh, when I first met you, I was like, why would you say that? You were so, <laughs> what the fuck are you? It was shock value shit. I couldn't even give examples. And if I could think of examples, I still wouldn't say them. But oh, God. then it just grew. I, but uh, yeah, eventually it's like, oh man, this, this person is actually really, really funny and actually pretty genuine. Like It takes a little bit now. You know what's really interesting about that? And I think I wouldn't have put this together um, if it weren't for you talking about this like the whole experience that me you and sergio had where like you didn't like me at first and all that stuff it's like now touring with ice nine it's like a much different scale right like we're in way bigger venues wherein it's it's like the bands are more separate there's not like on the bigger tours there's never as much like camaraderie yeah yeah i feel like oh you know what i mean um and like i don't get the chance that much for people to get used to it. <laughs> oh God, I can imagine. You know what I mean? They yeah, just see like glimpses sense. of me, like 10, 20 minutes a day where it's just like, what, who the fuck? What like, is that dude? Dick and then there's just always one night on the tour where everyone tries to get together and hang out. And, and that's when they're like, they've already made up their mind at that point. Yeah. You know, 
I think yeah. I get along with everyone though, but I'm sure that there have been people that have been like, who the fuck is this dude? Like, oh, dude, I'm just, just scream. You know what was funny? On the last tour, this Papa Roach tour, apparently the tour manager came into our green room to borrow something for Papa Roach's green room. Yeah. And we were in the showers in our green room just screaming. Like all of us. <laughs> no, no one was laughing. We were all in there just being like, just screaming for no reason. And he was like, is that all of them in there? And then Chevy was in there. She's like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, that sounds about right. And he just left. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like to me, that's some Joe Carlo Sergio shit. In a hotel oh, for room sure. Where yeah. myself or Eric would be trying to sleep. And you, you guys are just wanting to be crazy. You're wanting to jump on the bed. And like <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You love it too because shit. you're always like, I'm just trying to sleep, but you're giggling the whole it's time. It's fucking funny for sure. <laughs> I, I, I laugh at it, but if I did want to go to sleep, I'd be like, yo, settle down. And you guys have, it's like, it's just together. My God, it's like the, it's like 17 year old sleepover comes out and it's like putting on pajamas that's like yeah. that that's a spectacle these days putting on a onesie and jumping on a bed that's like that sergio's night right there he would love yeah but that when shit. we did that in new york that was fun yeah that <laughs> this was is a real story I, yeah putting on pajamas and jumping on the bed <laughs> i i didn't put on a onesie though i was like ah, i didn't crazy. either but only because there wasn't an extra one no, yeah that's true i would have if there were more but so now that we're on i mean we might as well just dive into nova talk real quick yeah yeah because we're talking about it yeah. Um, and it is like a really unique group of people. Dude, it's um, great. It's incredible that we all found each other. <laughs> <laughs> In the before um, time, before we, so then, so Nova can actually exist. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. So talk about um, how Nova started and what you and Sergio wanted to do with it. Yeah, dude. Stuff. We wanted to form something that really could only be controlled by uh by him and i we both were on the same page musically and we both worked really well together um and could be pretty objective with each other but that being said our musical direction really complemented each other and we could mm -hmm. uh we felt like we could still grow together so we started nova um carlo very shortly after still became an important songwriter so that it's actually right. a, he's a he's a main songwriter as well but the branding of it we just felt we are always available to do touring. Right. We would just put together yeah. bands if we had. If if there is a reason Carlo could never do couldn't do a tour, we could get a fiddle and drummer, and it wouldn't ruin the Nova Charisma um, live show uh, right. in, in, in its entirety. So yeah. once, once we put that together, we darted off and recorded a whole album during uh, last summer, uh, in three different sections, um, which would be Expedition One, Expedition Two, and then Three is coming out here shortly, and uh thought of you because of obviously we're friends um we know you <laughs> really good yeah we're friends, <laughs> we're friends. <laughs> really good at keyboard and and we thought okay what's funny is when we're picking out who we wanted to actually tour with and you know this as well so much of it really goes into the person themselves we oh, rather have. I I would say more so. Yeah. Oh yeah. Than the musicianship. Exactly. And and w with you, which is why you're okay with me being so shitty at yeah. keys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, that's what I'd say <laughs> you're really you're you're already great at keys, so that's a huge plus. But we were thinking, how fun would it be to tour? We put together this band and tour with uh, obviously Sergio and I, but then Joe 
and Carlo and <laughs> Eric. <laughs> yeah. So good. Like Eric, what a great group. Level headed, chill as fuck one who's never gonna be in a onesie jumping on a bed. And we need <laughs> yeah, that. that we need happen. that in the band to kind of the baseline. Uh but yeah. that's how we decided to put the the crew together. And then you came out, uh Joe was out here for almost the whole time in Long Island, uh tracking parts for songs on that and and yeah. did all the whole key part in in diary right that was a really fun week that was so fucking dope and we just jammed made music uh enjoyed long island aesthetic and we knew at that point we couldn't wait to actually get dates on the on the calendar because i remember hitting you up separately as i was as i was booking them before we had major i was like right. we should go out and make an impression like we only want to play we we didn't want to do we weren't so concerned about making a statement, but we felt that the music was, we were so connected to it and it was so good that we wanted to just be very select in the shows that we chose. We didn't really right. want to play cities that we didn't have. You a, didn't want to do routing dates and stuff. A dude. And we weren't looking like we're looking to grow this thing. We both have our um, additional careers and, and income streams. So for Nova, we weren't heavily relying on this being a financial thing. We just wanted to go out and uh, make an impression. So we booked those five shows. And when you were like, yeah, I'm free for those. We were like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we played our favorite cities and they were so, you, you were there. They were fucking amazing. Yeah. I remember those shows. <laughs> <laughs> they were those so were really fun. The shows were really fun. I think they were better. At least most of them were better than I anticipated. Same with, yeah, we, we couldn't believe, I mean, we did over 300 paid in San Antonio for our first Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think, um, the last time that we were there in Cienvo, I don't even think it did, it did that much. So it was really right. cool to see this being perceived and people singing along. Like not, I know, it not was crazy. Just there for the first time to like, get a gauge to see what it's like. They knew the song. So that was a really good sign as well. Uh, and we're, that being said, we are hoping against the uh, better odds that we can still do these plans coming up. Uh, we can talk about right. after this, but yes, I really that, hope that we can. Yeah. that That's the thinking behind the Nova charisma music. And also the touring aspect is, is right. in case we can't do the tour, with you, Carlo, or Eric, because of schedule conflicts, then while we wouldn't want to, it gives us the opportunity to still... Yeah, that makes total sense. Musician. I mean, you're working with a ton of people that, or like everyone in this band you've met through, or everyone that plays in this band, rather, yeah. you've met through other bands, so they all have their other thing. Like, I might not be available because of Ice Nine. Or yeah. Exactly. Who knows what other thing I might end up playing in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So um, we're lucky that you guys even were down to do those fly-in shows that were. Fun. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to talk about with that tour is like the shows were great, the travel <laughs> was like, in insane. In theory, we're like we were getting hotel rooms for like three hours, dude. It, when we first put it together. I, I'm not sure if you thought that far ahead, but I was thinking this is going to be easier than a van tour. We're flying everywhere. How that's going to be simple. We fly. I thought you, that before too. I yeah. Did. So, but, I thought, but after I remember I came, I was just flying back from 
Australia, oh, yeah, where true. I had just done a bunch of flying shows. So after doing those, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to suck, too. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's right. Yeah, so you you actually give me a little bit of a heads up about that. You said it's, it, it is a little bit grueling. And I was like, I didn't think it wouldn't be, but I did not anticipate, like, to, to better elaborate it for whoever is listening, we would play, we would board an airplane, but first – Check 13 bags. Shout out to Delta for the, always being free. <laughs> Check all these bags. Then board the flight. But you have to think, we're not driving ourselves. So we're showing up to the airport in an Uber, most likely two Uber XLs, unloading the Uber onto a cart, bringing it inside, checking the bags, going to the gate, take the flight. We land. Then we take carts to the, the carousel. Get the 13 bags unchecked along with our carry-ons that we brought onto the plane. Put those on a cart and now order two Uber XLs. So we're now we wheeling this outside. We even had a couple. Did we have one Uber driver reject it or say yeah. didn't take? It? Yeah, we did. They didn't want to fold their seats down. So we have to get into the Ubers and then we're either going straight to the hotel or to a venue. But anywhere that we're going, every time we have to order two vehicles. And yeah. in the gear, because if we got to the hotel, we what I had forgotten that would be a factor is you show up to a hotel in a van and trailer, you leave the shit in the trailer. You don't leave, bring right. it in. Right. We have but to we had to bring everything. it in every time. But you had the idea to ask the hotel about the, the, the luggage room, which I didn't think existed. So we could at least store yeah. it downstairs in the luggage room. But everyone Definitely went. helpful. We did but the other pro the the more difficult part was that all the flights were like at six a.m. Oh yeah, and and like they had to be <laughs> there was no way around it, or else we would have been late to soundtrack. And yeah, so, so it was literally like we'd play the show, we'd leave the venue by like the earliest eleven o'clock, get back to the hotel by like midnight, then have to be up at five to get on a plane. Oh my! Which just takes us directly to the next. You know, you fly, get in the Uber either go to the hotel or the venue, it just repeats. And you only just work off that like six hours of sleep that you can get. Jesus. And it was, we did it, dude. That was great. It was so fun. fun. It was, it was very, so very fun. fun. It was so it was fun. Great. Very little sleep. And we were all sick. We all got sick yeah, at some point. That's right. Yeah. Eric thinks that there's a chance that he had the coronavirus during that time. Really? Because he said he had, it was around that same time and that it wasn't, hadn't come yet to light in the U.S., but he was coughing a very dry cough and felt shit for like two weeks. And Eric never gets sick for two weeks. It, like he's the one on tour where if he gets sick, it's two days. I'm the fucking seven to nine day guy where if I get yeah. sick, it's going to be bad for four days. And then it still has four days of tapering off. But have you ever canceled a show? Never. No, because you of play sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. How like, sick were you? You um, think you could have done it if you had to? Uh, <laughs> done what, played? Like, what do you mean? Did you have to? Did you have to cancel? We've never. Or canceled. was it selfish? Oh, you've never canceled no, for always, sickness. No, yeah, I've always played through sick. Damn. I just really. I like, haven't. I haven't care either. But. About our fans, you know. Was it? Were they bad shows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're all. If you could have seen Donnie's face when he said that. <laughs> um, actually, I got sick. From a, I. The majority of the times I got sick was DIY days. Every DIY tour, at least half the tour, I was sick. My body could not adapt 
to touring. And not only did I get sick, like up until 2015, me losing my voice or being very shitty live, not that I'm perfect now, but back then it was it just, I accepted it. I'm like, my voice is going to leave me at some point. I'm going to struggle. My voice is going to crack and be totally shit oh, for a few sucks. shows. It was weird that I, like, I got used to it, even though I hate, I was Did always, you do anything like, yeah, I was always to trying to find remedies. Um, of course, the normal tea, water, um, I had to find for me, I have to get a certain amount of sleep, but not too much sleep. If I get too much sleep, it actually fucks with my voice. For whatever hmm. reason. So, anyway, it took me a while. I guess that would make sense. Like, you're not exercising them, like, on a normal schedule. That's what That's what I think it is. Like, it, they rest too much, and then I start right. to want to sing and talk, and they're like, we're still tired. You're not ready. They right. got their nightcap on, and their nightlight still, and they're like, come on, let us sleep, bro. We have to yeah. Sleep a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So, I used to get sick a lot more. Not so much these days. I still do here and there, but I take my vitamins, I get my flu shot, so the government can control me through its vaccine. Right. And I don't get flu shots. Is that bad? No, dude, not at all. I, I've got them like three times in my life. I did get one last year because I didn't want to get I got one, flu. and I got the flu that year. The yeah. only time I got one. So the, um, And I don't think, I'm not like going to say like, oh, the flu shot gives you the flu, but like, the, I don't know. It the, sucked. The first time I got a flu shot, and the, this only time this happened, after I got it, the following three days, I felt like I was on the cusp of the flu. I had, a, I, I felt like I had a cold. It was the weirdest feeling. It felt like any moment was gonna fully go into the flu, but it was constantly on the cusp. I never fully got it, and on day four, magically felt totally great. And I think it's. Because, huh. I asked my doctor about it, and she said, while unlikely, sometimes. You know, they're giving you, I, I think, no one come at me here, but like a dead flu virus to get your antibodies up and gathered so they're ready to fight it if it really does come. So they're injecting you with a, something that's going to make to that your body is going to reject. Mm-hmm. She said it's possible that I did get a little sick, but hardly enough to actually be full fed. I got full real fed. sick. And then the rest of the year, I did not get sick. I was like super mm. Weird. I am like Superman. Yeah, you are Superman. I'm super. Um, so let's quickly touch on just because I'm I'm kind of curious about it because we don't really get to talk that much about this stuff in like without not just being like little bits and pieces. This is the first time I think I've ever sat down with you and like actually talked chronologically through a lot of this stuff. You know. Oh. Yeah, um, definitely. So Cmvar, obviously still something that like you care about because we ended up playing substance sequence with Nova yeah, yeah. live and everything. Yeah. Um, walk us through that whole thing. Like how, what, when did that start? All that kind of stuff. The, um, what do you mean? Well, how did it start? Like who started CMVAR? I don't even know the story with it. Yeah. Uh, what we did uh, Sergio basically, I he's, he tells it like um, Will hit him up and uh, was drunk one night or something and was like, we got to start a band with these other with like other great musicians. And so I got hit up for vocals um, because I mean, duh, you know, right? <laughs> and then they hit up Joe for drumming, and uh, we had 
Michael Littlefield as our initial bassist. And then um, he was replaced by Mikey in 2016. Oh, that's right. Halfway or like I'd say two, one third of the way through the writing of Stay Lost. I totally forgot Michael Littlefield. Yeah, he was Butter. the bassist. Yeah, Butter. He was the initial Butter. bassist. And, and what was – so when, when it first formed, I came up to Sacramento and uh, Sergio and I actually stayed at Butter's house and – we wrote, we all of us wrote and recorded that EP. We wrote it in like five days and then we recorded it in another, I want to say maybe four or five days. Like it was a very, very quick process. We did it with Josh Benton in uh, Sacramento. Wait, this is the EP you're talking about? Yep. Yeah. Right. It was so this is right when Cian Bar. You wrote was, that whole thing in five days? Yeah. Maybe a little less. It was very, very wow. quick. Uh, it just flooded out of us. And this was um, August 2013. We wrote it and we released it in January 2014 on that tour right. that we did. And it was super fun to get to write out. And it, you know what's crazy is I think back to that and I had only done Power Right and the Kisser and Elephant Titus with Hail the Sun. We still hadn't released Wake. So this was like a third release and he, yeah, you're right. that I was on. Wake and the majority of well, all the Hail the Sun content didn't come till after um the cn bar ep so i i was i really had just been um kind of breaking onto that scene through hail the sun's elephantitis at that point and then we right. did a tour with dance kevin dance and a lot like birds and i the mighty and, but that was after right no we did that tour in 2012 and that's how i got to oh. know uh will Moore and and the rest of those of those guys and so in 2013 hail the sun was just kind of um 2013 is an interesting time for Hail the Sun that we'll talk about another time because it's almost like a ghost year. It's almost like it didn't happen. Uh, but anyway, hmm. because it was during that year, uh, we were kind of laying low, and uh, I had time for Sandbar. So we went up, we formed it, and we never thought it would. I mean, it's still, obviously, it's not like some huge thing, but it really had has made an impact, and it's some of my yeah. favorite work, especially Stay Lost. Like, I feel yeah, like really that was... Good such um i i remember thinking and writing up some of those ideas while just driving around in my old car it was a buick a buick rendezvous thinking like i was doing it to some of the demos that we had done instrumental demos thinking like this sounds really cool to me i wonder if it's really as cool as it sounds to other people and yeah it landed it, it gave me a it, it was a cool reflection of where i i felt i was at during the stay lost process because we started writing what are you smiling about I, I'm just picturing you driving around with an old dusty Buick, like with the big grin on your face, like singing along to instrumentals. But like, I'm only seeing you do this because the windows are up, so I don't know really what's going on inside. Yeah, we're just blasting demos. <laughs> uh, but like, I can picture you like jamming out, but dude, just I was a big grin, and big grin. I that, I wrote most of Elephantitis while delivering pizza. In really the vocals and lyrics, yeah. In uh, in Chico, I worked for Woodstock's Pizza. So while we had instrumental de instrumental demos, I was driving around delivering people's food while playing the instrumentals, writing lyrics and vocals. Yeah, as I, as I delivered. I'm sure, all of, maybe all vocalists do that. Probably, Fuck vocalists, right? dude. 
Yeah, they're always just so obsessed with themselves, just like (laughs) singing to themselves in the car. Oh, how good do I sound? I sound good. Do you think other people think I sound this good? They definitely do. They definitely do. (laughs) About drummers, dude. Drummer life. Yes. But you don't play drums as much as you used to. Fuck drummers, too, dude. You got to fuck them. Back and forth, back and forth. Crazy head. Would you ever just play drums in a band? For fun, yeah, definitely. But I just but not for not like being the center not of attention. Fun. You wouldn't do anymore. it if it sucked. You mean? I just can't stand not being the center of attention anymore. I right, can't right. take that step back. Is that, that why you wanted back. to be like ep- episode one of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Fuck, I say those things sometimes, and I think, fuck, someone's really gonna be like, damn. No, he's, I think you're like the only kidding. person. Dude, you're the only person I know that can like always get away with that stuff. Because <laughs> it's, you <laughs> It's genuine. Because you know joking. what it is? Like it's it's you're you're joking, but you're not. No, see, it's someone's gonna it, think and, no, that. No, wait, wait, wait. But you're not, but it's it's genuine excitement over it. No, <laughs> you know? I am. You're like, no, no, I'm like, dude, I'm a singer of a band. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I I can't believe I, I'm doing that. You're making me look and sound so bad. <laughs> Um, I would totally, I would love to drum in a band for real. I've, I've thought about how I can make that work. I just don't think I could do it time-wise. No, I mean, you're stretched so thin. I'd want to, I, I was uh, drumming along just to, um, CDs that I love, uh, right before we did this recording with, with Chris. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I love just drumming when I don't have to focus on, on singing too it's really really fun to just go nuts and really yeah go hard. i i would love to drum in a band i really would i would definitely be into something like that if it made sense i would like to see that i always liked watching you play drums i wish I, that's an instrument that i wish i had spent more time with because you just look it just looks like fun Drumming <laughs> to just to just hit stuff and get sweaty and and it, to me it's easier than uh, way easier than keys or guitar because uh, and and that even goes in line with like the drumming and singing because I don't got to worry about chords on my uh, like putting the right chord or hitting the right the wrong chord on my hands I could just play a beat and yeah but you don't do that that's what's always so impressive like there are so many drummers out there that are like singers and bands too but they're not doing like fills through their the parts that they're singing like random blast beats and like changing time signatures and all that shit i can like you're such an asshole (laughs) (laughs) if i can separate what i'm doing with my with my hands versus what i'm thinking and singing then it's so much. E- it's harder for me to play guitar and sing than it is to drum and sing for sure. Because drumming, it can mm. also dumb things down. You can never, if you're playing a guitar lead, and that's recognizable. You're not going to be able to fuck that, fuck that guitar lead up, and it be right. okay. Whereas I don't got to do every single ghost snare hit if I don't want to. I strive to play it as best as I can and as close as I can to, to the original, and I'll practice it till it gets that way. But right. I do feel like I'm at an advantage that way, but I do love drumming. Drumming's fucking awesome. Right. Bass you can't you can't dumb anything down. No, bass you cannot bass is um, I dumb down so much. <laughs> you can't though. You're playing the chords. You you can't miss the chord. 
I'm not missing root notes, root but notes. there's like a lot of like little, I have to sing so much in Ice Nine that I can't play some of like the riffy parts, mm -hmm. you know? The, the bass riffs a ton? A lot. Like on the high strings? Um, not, there's a lot of fills that go up that high. Like there's a lot of movement on, on there. That's like matching guitar leads and stuff. Nice. See, after, after drums, my instrument of preference is bass. I consider myself, hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a bassist per se. Well, I mean, you wrote the bass on the Nova stuff. Yeah. And I was so happy to be able to write and record bass on an album, uh, because I've, there's I've, some like tasty bass parts on there. There are. I'm glad. I'm so nice to be able to jam out bass ideas and then not have to switch to drums because we had a drummer. It's Carlo. So I could just right. focus on bass and vocals. Uh, I, I, I really think bass is a. To people like you and I, it's not underrated. And to probably a lot of musicians, I, I don't want to. I think people that play in bands know the importance of it being okay. there. Yeah, we'll say that. I, I don't want to sound uh, um, pretentious, but I feel like the general demographic, at least for this style of music, bass is so important. Like it. I know, but you know what's funny is like I didn't. I don't think I even learned what like the difference between a bass or guitar was till I was like in fourth or fifth grade, maybe, maybe even later. Oh. Uh, you know. What do you That's mean? That's like I, I just always thought like oh everything's a guitar. Oh yeah, I remember thinking. You know? yeah. mm -hmm. Which is, is stupid because my dad had guitars and basses, and I still didn't know <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference. Well, you didn't say that. Now I think you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was just into playing like classical songs on the piano. No, wait. Could you play classical songs at like fourth grade? Mm-hmm. Nothing like insane. I was never like crazy, crazy. You know, I mean, like, I could, like crazy, I crazy. could, sh I could sight read music and stuff, but I was never like, I wasn't playing at like concert halls. Did you adapt to it also very naturally, or was it practiced to yet? piano? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to kind of say because I started so young. I started piano lessons at like four or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. And I, mean, I imagine your parents were the ones to have first put that on you, right? Um, you didn't I ask it they, for it, did you? Or did I think you? I did. I think oh, that's I did. Oh, that's cool. I, I don't know for sure, but like I had a keyboard that I would like play along to songs with. Mm -hmm. But then he made, then it was like enforced, kind of enforced. Like my sisters all took piano lessons for at least like a year or two. And then I don't know. I just stuck with it. Part that's of me didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, my dad plays. You know? Yeah, so, Frank. Frank. And he got to play with Ice Nine in London. No. You didn't know that? No. Oh, dude, during the song Testimony, I sit down and play piano, and Ricky usually takes my bass, and, and we don't use rhythm guitar Okay. for that song. But because my dad was at the show that day, I was like, do you want to play the bass during that part? It's just the second half of the song. It's just like two chord progressions and that's it. Wow. So he learned it that day and he came out with his, with half of his face painted like the crow wearing the trench coat. That's amazing. And, and played. I'll, I'll show you a video of it. Dude, that's so sick. Yeah, it was bass awesome. or piano? He played bass. I played piano. That's dope. Did he love it? I think so. It was really fun. 
Did he? But I told him that day, and he just learned it. I was like, I, I texted him before. He just happened to he happened to be in London for business when we were playing. That's and my family was there too, and so um, I just asked him, like, texted him that morning. He was like, "Do you want to play this? Like, come in during sound check and learn the song." Wow. What was he all nervous? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Snake Okay. I gotta show you a picture because he's in the crow makeup. That's so great, dude. <laughs> what the band think? Was Spencer like, yeah, let's do that? Oh yeah, he was totally about it. And he didn't fuck it up live or nothing. No, and like our our whole team was there, like our agent and manager, and they were like, who's that, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that older man performing with half his face and makeup? Yeah. All right. Well, dude, I want to ask you one more thing. Yeah. Because we've gone, we've gone through a lot of stuff. Um, just because I know you have them, and I'm probably going to ask this to everyone. I'm kind of just like spitballing here because I don't yeah. know what this podcast is really about. Just kind of like hanging out. Yeah, I guess. just hanging out. Yeah. Just hanging out. I want to ask you um, any like memorable tour stories you have that are like funny, but maybe not ones like, I know that's like kind of a stupid question that you, you get a lot in like interviews, Yeah. but like talk to me about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> let me think, let me think. Like go a little more than like you might for like alt press. <laughs> fuck alt press. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We what love alt press. What would it be? Let me think. Because there's so many I just cannot tell. Obviously. I know. I know. Okay, I've got one that, to me, it's fucking funny. Um, okay. We're in Houston. And um, after a show, John opens the van. Piss bottles that we used to keep in the van. right? I mean, this is like five years ago. We, we sure, don't. sure. But there's, you know how it was to pee in a bottle in the van. Now you just I, keep them in your room. I can, Yeah, exactly. And I, I hoard yeah. them in my closet. I right. can never do it. I, I, I could not pee I in a bottle. I couldn't do it unless the van wasn't moving. Yeah, it had to be still, and also, um, no one could be around. I just could not. Oh, I don't care about that. I did not like yeah. that for whatever reason. But the 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 vans full of piss bottles, and we just got done playing, and so it's really hot in Houston, middle of the summer. John goes into it for whatever reason, these piss bottles get intermingled with regular bottles, and John goes into the pack of water. Parched, dude. He's parched. And he pulls out a bottle, he unscrews it, and takes a cute twig. Oh, oh, and he goes, This is piss. Oh, and we are all like, And he gets yeah. so mad, and he pulls the whole bottle, the whole carton of the waters out and throws it on the ground, okay? I wasn't there to see that happen. I didn't see him take the bottles out and throw them on the ground. So throughout the show, they're just laying there. I think I'm on the phone. And when it's time to go, I walk up and I think John had just done that out of rage. He was mad he drank piss bottles. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste this thing of water. I place it right back into the van, okay? So we're going to our next destination, and John's in the passenger seat. And he goes, someone no. passed me a water. Someone just grabs it from the, the pack, has <laughs> up, and he drinks piss again, dude. Oh, and the, he's, he can't believe it. It's like the water that haunts him. He's like, how the <laughs> fuck did that make it back into the van? I'm like, well, That's I put it there. I didn't, story. I didn't realize that you had thrown it out because it was purely piss bottles. <laughs> in that I thought they were they were clear enough. Dude. Someone had healthy enough piss that I thought they were still waters. 
So, so instead, he has accidentally drank piss twice, twice in like in like six hours. Yeah, probably less than six hours. Spit That's it out both times. It's like what the That's fuck? I hope it was the, the same bottle. I think it was the same donor too. Same donor. <laughs> yeah. Did he say anything about the pee? Uh, no. Like describe what it tasted like. Yeah. No, he was just fucking pissed that he had done it twice at that point. That's incredible. Even he laughed though the second time. He just couldn't, we couldn't believe it. We're like, what are the odds that you accidentally drink piss twice? He didn't swallow right. it. He spit it out. On obviously. purpose, that would be a different story. Yeah, that would be a That's story. not as cool because who hasn't done that? But he just spit it out twice. The second time he couldn't spit it in the van, so he just spit it back into the That's water bottle. That's so funny. Well, that's self-control there. I don't think a lot of people, once they have pee in their mouth, are Dude, thinking about, like, so where can gross. I put this without making a mess? After that, there have been no pee bottles in the van, and um, no one is drinking piss. We're a very, actually a very clean van. Our bandwagon and stuff, or the, or the van, yeah. or, or whatever we're in, we keep it so clean. We just You'd be piss. surprised at how clean I am on the on the buses and the bandwagon. I believe now. it. I believe that you're, you're – I can see I'm very being, tidy. Tidy and dude, that can affect your mood. It, yeah, your I disinfect everything a lot too, like all the countertops and stuff. That's good. That that's what uh, John will do. He'll go and clean the van as well. Yeah. Come to think about it, there's just so many of John's stories, but we'll leave it at those. Those. That's a good one. That's good enough. We'll we'll uh, definitely do another episode at some point down the road. Yeah. Because I feel like. <laughs> no, we should. I'm finally because I'm thinking to this. We could do this no, no, no. This is good because now we've laid down a baseline of like, okay, we got all like the the history and all that stuff out of the way and we can just like – I feel like maybe this is really um, self-centered. I don't even know if that's the right word but like I feel like when we hang out and just talk and shoot the shit, it's entertaining for other people. <laughs> <laughs> and for us, dude. Well, it, maybe it's just that I have so much fun doing it too but – um, I yeah. think so. People like to, uh, especially the inner the the stories, the um, right because there's a lot of history even with us. Which yeah, is good. yeah, there is. I think we should do another one and talk more about us working together formally. We should. Like, we can do like a a, a special spirit. one that's about a specific thing. I'm so glad you asked me to do this first one. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Like I want there to be an outlet for I'm I'm going to explain this. I'm sure I've already talked about it by at this point in the episode because I'm going to do like an intro. Yeah. But like I just want it to be something that's helpful to people that I know right now because there's so many programs out there that like are helping and they're great. Yeah. Um but there's nothing like – I mean personally, I have had a hard time getting a hold of any of them because there's just so many people you know, out of work right now yeah, exactly. in this industry alone, yep. right? You know, so it, like I'm just trying to carve out a little space to support like me and my friends. and Dude, it's a great right idea. Now, I, I'd love to do that. And my energy has been, as I told you on like separate phone calls, completely shifted into figuring out and all these – launching these several endeavors now that right. don't have to do with touring. And I'm excited I get to right. do well, that. Yeah, now. that's the other thing. It's I like I've been talking that. about doing a por- podcast for so long now that like now is an it. opportunity to do it. Yeah, I love that. Do you want to talk about any of that stuff, like your future stuff? No, um, not in detail yet, but I, I want – I'd at least like uh, – it can be said that I am um, – I can't – I don't – Just say it. The right time to disclose. No, not yet. Okay. Uh, we won't say it. 
Uh, just say there's something happening. No, they're definitely. I've, I've, because <laughs> I, it's hard for me to sit still, and it's also hard for me to not feel like I'm progressing with something since we can't tour and perform, which is what we're, how we normally are growing our careers. And even writing stuff because we're not in the same area at this moment um, with any of my bands, with Nova or with Hail the Sun, I've shifted and started to bring to light now these other endeavors that I've been thinking about for a while but haven't really had the time to do it. And how often does the world just stop? And I'm thinking right. this is now the time I can work on something that, that just requires me at, the, at this time to be home and right. working from um, like through phone calls and just putting these things together and it can be launched and be a business that can grow without needing to tour and without right. needing, yeah, it's a, like it's I a, wanted to it's adapt. Kind of an opportunity to do some of that. Stuff. Yeah. As and i shitty as the situation is, at least there there's that, right. And there's so many people doing cool stuff. I've yeah. seen a few people like start podcasts and like little art projects and stuff like that. It's well, pretty inspiring this actually. This time calls for adapting. Like right. I've got to it's adapt cool. and, I feel more productive and I feel more myself when I can be working on this other project, on these other projects instead of just kind of waiting. I'm still doing the agency work. I've had to move towards and I'm still looking into the future. And I've even still been submitting for shit for next year. But mm -hmm. the rest of this year is such a clusterfuck that um, on top of that, I'm still able to do these newer projects that I can't wait to work on. And it all kind of ties into the same branding. I, I like being a part of, of a, a community that exists and I that exists not only together with all of us, but with the people that support what we're doing. We really do. It feels unique, and there's like a real demand in this in uh, in this demographic and in, in scene of music. So I, I like to continue to build on that and create uh, businesses and projects that are under the same umbrella. Right. Yeah. Makes sense, right? It's, yep. Absolutely. I mean, I'm in the same boat. That's why we're doing this. Yes, right. I feel like yeah. Uh, as, as an aside, I feel like I, I, I'd blow the surprise if I was like, "And this is what that is," even though it's not even that much hype. Oh, one, I know what you mean. I, <laughs> yeah, one is a podcast. We're, we're doing a podcast. Oh, are you? Yeah, I thought you knew that. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, Sergio and I are going to start a Nova Charisma podcast, but like, do oh, it that's awesome through Patreon. It's not going to launch for um, for a bit but we're going to do it through Patreon and figure out like a tier that makes sense. The podcast will be free, but mm -hmm. in, in adapting to these newer times, figure out stuff that we can offer that is on top of like for special for sure. subscribers, they get something a little more, but it's going to be tough. Cause I don't like to, this is the most I've divulged publicly, like on stuff like this and on live streams mm -hmm. in my whole yeah, career. Because before it was always so hard to start it. Right. Yeah. Well, and also I like to keep a lot of, I like behind the scenes shit. I don't, I'm I do too, but there's something about like putting it out there. It, that's that what I'm really, you to do it's it, really fun. You know? And I, I can, I don't, I can put out there just what I want to put out there. That's like, I mm. gotta be uh, live streaming my life and, and what the inner days are of my relationships and of my, um, daily schedule and shit. I don't like, we don't gotta do that if you don't want to. It's not like a, a blogger. But right. I've still always been very reserved and kind of I've considered myself a private person with the exception of the stuff I've released about like drug addiction and, and mm -hmm. family shit. Aside from that, I'm pretty uh, – I try to keep stuff close to the chest. So it's going to – I still am, don't think that's going to drastically change. But we're going to have to figure out ways that we can still willingly interact for stuff like the, the 
Patreon, Patreon, right. shit like that. No, Patreon's fine. <laughs> that all makes sense too, right? It does. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to the other thing that you're not saying too. Dude, I'm stoked on that. I got to talk yeah. to you separately about some other shit. Yeah, we will. But that's cool. So thank you for coming on. I thank appreciate you, you being the first guest. Thank um, you. Yeah, this was fun. Um, and everyone out who's listening now, thanks for listening. And also, um, you know, the whole deal, wash your hands, stay inside. Wash them. Yeah. Can you sing it? Wash them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You heard it. Wash your hands. Oh, okay. um, as much as we would love for you, uh, to donate to our fund as well, make sure you donate. <laughs> make sure you donate to all the funds out there support medical workers thank you guys for listening and Donnie thanks again for coming on dude thank you so much appreciate your party And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much. We'll be seeing you.